So, as we are heading towards Christmas, as we're heading towards Christmas, really felt what really wanted to do between now and Christmas is just concentrate on Jesus. And to start with, it's going to be about Jesus the Christ, and then we'll head into um, towards Bethlehem. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. I was walking along the beach today and um, saw uh, Caroline on the beach. Said hello to Caroline. Um, but after that, though, I saw a, a, another guy and he was walking his pet. And uh, interesting pet was actually a, a pet pig. And it only had three legs. And I said to him, man, that's, um, that's an interesting pet. But how come is your, pit, your pig only has three legs? He said to me, well, you know, this, this pig is not an ordinary pig. He said, I was walking out um, uh, yesterday, actually, and, uh, and I had a heart attack just walking. And my, my pig was amazing. It um, got down by me and gave me CPR. I'm sure my pig saved my life. I says, really? That's amazing. I says, but, um, but how come your pig only has three legs? He said, well, this, this pig is not an ordinary pig. I'll tell you another story about my pig. He said, uh, I was out uh, swimming last summer, and my pig was sunbathing on the beach, and um, I, I got into difficulty. My pig swam out, pulled me in, gave me mouth to mouth, and saved my life. I said, really? That's amazing. But how come your pig only, tell me, how come your pig only has three legs? He said, well, this pig's not an ordinary pig. I'll tell you something else about this pig. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was skydiving, my pig and I, and uh, we both jumped out of the plane. And I was um, pulling, uh, I was coming down, I pulled, went to pull my ripcord, nothing happened. I pulled my emergency, nothing happened. My pig saw I was in trouble and he came over to me, grabbed hold of me, pulled his parachute and we both landed safely. I said, that, that's an incredible story. I've never heard a story like that. But that does not explain why your pig only has three legs. He said, well, a pig this valuable, you only eat little by little. <laughs> hey. And sometimes, sometimes our, sorry Nita, <laughs> sometimes our temptation uh, to think because God's involved in something, that it's going to be fast, it's going to be powerful, it's going to be shiny, and, and sometimes it is, but not always. In fact, there's a verse in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 7, verse 7, I think it is. 
And it indicates that the Lord's action will not always be fast and numerous and shiny. In fact, uh, Deuteronomy 7, verse 22, 7.22, The Lord, your God, will drive out these nations before you little by little. The Lord, your God, will drive out these nations before you little by little, not fast. Deuteronomy 7.25 says you must burn up the images of their gods. Do not covet the silver and gold that is on them. And, and now from Philippians. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 3.13. I hope I've got the right um, uh, reference there. Is that, is that it? Yeah. Um, says this, do nothing, speaking of, this is all about Jesus, and it's speaking about the humility of Jesus, the person of Jesus on earth, what we experienced of Jesus. Verse 3, Paul writes, do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility, Consider others more important than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Jesus Christ, who existing in the form of God, uh, did nothing, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act on behalf of his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Ben Sutherland, a few weeks back, said, your, um, your classic Pentecostal sermon, sermon uh, should have three points, and they all start with the same letter. Well, this has five points and all starts with the same letter. This is a, a Pentecostal sermon on steroids. In fact, it's, um, I'm going to put the money bags around again. So, <laughs> so um, first one is attitude. They all start with A. The attitude is that of deep humility. The godness of Jesus. It's not, it's not a platform of self-display. 
It's not a launching pad for self-advancement, but it's a, it's a tool of self-denial, the humility of God shown in the person of Jesus. This is our example. This is Jesus. This is our model. This is our leader, Jesus. Koatena o koto na ititiro ki onamia anaki. Don't don't let anyone look to his own things. Ingari mititiro ano tena o koto kinga mea a itahi atu. But look to each other's things. Don't only be worried about your own stuff. Be worried about others' stuff. You know, this is Paul speaking to the Philippian church, writing from jail. Don't just worry about your own stuff. Look to others' stuff. That's our, to be our default position, humility. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. First day, the attitude of humility. Second day, action. And this is in two parts. First one is the don't do's. Don't, don't mana munch. Don't strive for mana. Don't strive for prestige, for status, for power, for influence. You know, God, God will give you what he wants to give you in that regard. Don't strive for it. What God needs from you, he'll give you. What God needs for you to be, he'll give you. Don't, don't grasp for it. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, concern for prestige, for status. Yeah, that's it's natural in us. Hey? It's so human in some ways. We go for that. Uh, not this year, the previous three years, I've taught at a small Bible college in Hamilton called East West College. And um, about two-thirds of them are international students. One of them in my class last year, he was a Korean pastor in a Korean church in Hamilton, uh, been there for about 15 years, always curious to, to know what, what their struggles are. And he says one of the big ones, perhaps the biggest one for him, is, um, is this thing here, is mana munching, status sinking. Um, and he said, and it's particularly with... Uh, his crew, Koreans, they come to New Zealand really struggle with English. One of the uh, most monolingual uh, ethnic groups in the world. And they really struggle with English. They've often highly educated, had really good jobs, and all of a sudden in New Zealand uh, they have uh, way less status, really struggling with the language, uh, they've taken jobs that are below them because their qualifications are not often um, recognised. And so as they come into church, and many of them are churchgoers, church becomes a battleground of status-seeking for them. And, he's, and he, he's seen it all the time. 
But that's not to be, Paul says. Don't let that be in the church. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Verse 14, don't argue and complain. So there's some don't do's, but also there's some do do's. Um, Kamonu, kitahua te pononga. Take um, the appearance of a servant like Jesus. Look to the interests of others. Last year we did a did a series on how to love your church, and there was this great um, bit of homework that was asked of us to to do on a Sunday, and it, and it was this: as you come into church, he said, uh, "Pray to God and ask God where He wants you to sit." And what that is is that church then becomes not something for you. It's about the other person. Where does God want you to sit? Who does God want you to sit next to? Who does God want you to bless? You know, we've had a terrible pandemic in the last uh, two and a half years. But uh, a worse pandemic in our society is narcissism, where it's, it's just increasingly it seems to be all about me. What do I want? What do I desire? What's best for me? But as we come into church, that is not to be us. It's not all about me. It's about us and it's about him. Look to the interests of others, how to love your church, how to love your brothers and sisters. On the radio this week, I heard about Ukraine. And there's, uh, Ukraine is teeming with Westerners that are going over to help uh, this guy was a professional soldier, and he says, but not all of them are helping. And he says, uh, some of them, they're actually the virtue signaling. They're going with their cell phones, and they're getting um, selfies of them in positions and posting it online, social media, about, whoa, look at me here and what I'm doing. You know, this is... This is not what we're about. Look to the interests of others. Verse 12, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is not, this is not, salvation is not a, a light thing. This is, salvation is a, is a weighty thing. And it's not a once-off. Keep on working out your salvation. This, you know, there's three parts to salvation. One, I am saved. Two, I'm being saved. And three, I will be saved. Yep, it's a point, but also it's a process. And also it's a port of call. Uh, it is a journey and it's a destination. But it does take a first step. We'll say, I am saved. I'm being saved. I will be saved. Continue to work out your salvation. A one attitude, a two actions, a three ability. This is not just a try harder message. That's annoying me. This is not a try harder message. You know, the power, the ability to decrease comes from God. This is not from us. 
trying to be humble. It comes from God. That's a relief. <laughs> it comes from God. Verse 13, it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. You know, with all the advances in science, we now have the ability to fix the heart. But we do not have the ability to change the heart. But God does. God can change human hearts. Isn't that amazing? God can change human hearts. Uh, I remember, you know, I, I came to faith at the age of 18 from a wonderful Christian family. And one of the things that surprised me when I came to faith, I was a um, family of four boys. I, I, I felt I was quite compliant, probably the most compliant. You know what happens with children? Sometimes when you're tired, you just get the most compliant child to do the work. So, and I kind of felt that was often me. Hey, Mike. Come on, brother. And, um, and so I remember... Um, often feeling uh, just annoyed that I got asked again to do the work around home. And then at 18, when I came to faith, I remember I was vacuuming one time and feeling, I'm not frustrated by this. You know, I feel like um, God had changed my heart to serve without being annoyed by it. God can change hearts. This is not from us. We can't make ourselves humble, but God can. The Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit, if you allow him, will work in you to change you. Third A, the ability, uh, attitude, actions, ability. Fourth A, uh, afterglow. Verse 15, the afterglow. You will shine like stars in the depraved and wicked world. Woo! Kei roto nei koutou i rato e tiaho ana he rama i te ao. You will shine like stars amongst them. Now I love, I love theology. I love to, to learn new things about God. Theology is, is faith searching for understanding. And I love it. Um, but even better than learning something new about God is being made into something new. Being made into something new. Let's talk about prophets. What is a prophet? It's someone who speaks for God, right? It's, it's words for God. It, that um, Jesus testifies about John, though. The prophet John. Verse 7 of Luke chapter... Uh, seven. Sorry, is that right? I think it is. Um, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to, in the wilderness to see? Did you get that? The prophet John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind. Otherwise, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes. Look, those who wear fine clothing are found in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. And part of our 
your, our prophetic wisdom, our witness is what people see. You know, uh, most months, people in the community, they talk to me and they say, I see lots of cars out there in front of your church. I, I see those flags. I see, I see lots of people. That's a prophetic witness. And they know that you have options. You could have been at the beach today. Could have been at the shops today. But gathering together on very hard wooden seats, uh, sitting next to people that um, at times is kind of awkward. That's speaking to people. That's speaking to people. I had an atheist friend at university, and we, um, I was going along to this Youth for Christ event on a Monday night, and it was basically worship and preaching. And she came along one time, and the first time she came in, and she came in, and afterwards she said, um, now I know that God is real. And she saw a whole lot of diverse, really diverse people, different cultures, and they were just um, loving being together amongst each other and praising God and hearing the word of God. And that was the thing that spoke to her of the reality of God. That's prophetic. God is speaking by what people see. Fourth A, you will shine like stars, the glow of that, the afterglow. And last A, adoration. The adoration of Jesus. Pastor Eugene Peterson tells the story of his church in America. It was just after the Korean War and the soldiers were coming back after the Korean War. And they were traumatized by the war. And there was not enough counselors. So what the government did is they quickly tried to train a whole lot of counselors for these uh, damaged soldiers. And then they got, um, they hired uh, rooms and buildings all over the place to try and do therapy with these um, damaged soldiers coming back after the war. And uh, his, his church was one of the places where they would meet and they got um, these plastic chairs and they put them around in a circle and then they'd go through therapy together. And then he said, and on Sunday... They used the same chairs and sometimes even the same people, but they were set out differently. The chairs were more in rows and they were facing the cross at the front of the church. And he realized, this is different. We're not here trying to fix each other on Sunday morning. We are here to adore Jesus, the Christ the fullness of God. And so, you know, we're not trying to fix each other here this morning. Our main purpose is to bring adoration to Jesus, the fullness of Christ. You know, if we help each other, that's a bonus. But that is not our prime goal here this morning. And that's why we're going to do worship last, to help signify that, to help do that. We're here to glorify Jesus. And verse 9 says this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus 
Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. The name that is above every name. The name that is above every name. And we're going to finish uh, by saying that together. And then we're going to carry on and worship and adore Jesus. So let's stand up. Uh, verse 9, can we... Thank you. Let's say that together. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, we honour you, we glorify you. There's no other name under heaven, no other name by which we must be saved. Yeah. And continue to be saved and will be saved. Yeah. Uh, We would love to bless you further (coughs) through prayer today. Um, If you want that, come up here and people will come and... and, uh, bless you through the power of the Holy Spirit and the will of God. Uh, acknowledge our, some of our grandparents today. Uh, David, Vicky's dad, um, Jill, Nehemiah's mum, and Mary. Uh, yeah, welcome you guys. Uh, bless you, Nita, as you go. Our hearts are with you cup of tea there if you want to have a cup of tea let's pray thank you God for your your goodness to us day after day I bless your people today as they go through this week with you Jesus mighty name Amen